Hello and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, District 5810. I'm Greg Tepper, sitting across the table from me, speaking into a microphone, looking very well quaffed, although you can't tell that because this is an audio medium. The man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Well, hello, Greg. Did anybody ever call you Andy or Drew? Uh, Drew was popular. I'm not a big fan of Andy because I feel like that's I feel 12 whenever somebody says, "Hey, Andy." You know, what I think of when I think of Andy is um, the kid from Toy Story. I was going to say Toy Story. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with Toy Story. No, Toy Story's great. Good movie. Good movie. Do you know that I was looking this up? So Tom Hanks has been in a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. The four highest rated movies he's been in on on Rotten Tomatoes are the four Toy Story movies. Wow. Yeah. Man, I would, like, think about that. Like higher than like Castaway, higher than like Apollo thirteen, Apollo 13. like higher than Big. Ooh, Big was a good one. Higher than I'm trying to think of like his worst movie. Splash. He was in Splash, right? Did I get that right? I don't know. There's no way to tell. No, the internet doesn't exist, so nobody's going to call me on that. It's great. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say Toy Story three wasn't that great. Ooh, shots fired yep. at Pixar. Uh, this is the official. Uh, podcast of Camp Ryla. I almost said the official Ryla cast, which is true. <laughs> it's the official podcast of Camp Ryla District 5810. Uh, and this is your camp post game show. Ooh, this is going yes. to be the first podcast that comes out after uh, camp um, went and happened. A lot of things happened. Yeah. Can you believe it? I cannot believe all the things. You know, here are the things that I can't, here are the things that stand out to me about camp. Okay. Uh, the campers, of course. Of course. Uh, the staff. Mm-hmm. Great staff. I thought that the food was adjective. Yes. And this can just be a Mad Lib. <laughs> and uh, I can't believe that we verb at the place. And the temperature. The temperature oh, was... Oh, and the weather. So... Can you believe the weather happened that no. way? Oh, That's... Jeez. Jeez. Mm. And remember that one kid... Oh, oh man! That one kid. After you forget that one, I kid. can't believe what he or she did. Okay, so this is the Ryla cast uh, coming up in just a little bit. We're going to be joined by our very special guest, and I mean, very special guest. Yes, like we worked. Look, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but we have an entire booking department of of people who are constantly, constantly trying to book guests for this podcast that's why like why we get such great guests mm-hmm. is the booking department works very very hard thanks to angela and to um D- dieter for all of their hard work and, <laughs> and uh this has been somebody we've been trying to get for i would say since the beginning of the podcast even before the beginning i would say before before podcasts even existed definitely but we finally got her we're excited. We're going to be joined by Leo Weintraub coming up in the in the middle of the middle of this podcast. So yes. You do not want to miss that. Stay tuned. Uh, but Leah was tasked with choosing a word that will be our theme for this episode, and she chose, as you will hear in the in in our interview, because spoiler alert, we already did the interview. <laughs> she chose about a hundred different words. Which, honestly, I love Leah. That's very Leah. Yes, very on Be brand. like, can I pick like six words? And I said, boy, going to be a lot better if you chose less than two. <laughs> um, but she ended up choosing the word fearlessness. I think she chose the word fearless, but I'm going to extrapolate that into a, um, a noun, fearlessness, okay. from an adjective into a noun. Um, and so here with something to think about. On the topic of fearlessness 
It's America's favorite co-host of this podcast, Andrew Utz. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, yes, fearlessness. So I listened to an Invisibilia episode. Um, that show came highly rated from previous guests. And uh, this one I was listening to was called Fearlessness mm. or something like that. Uh, and they they talked about an individual um, that is truly fearless. Their whole question was, what happens if we can make fear disappear from a biological standpoint? Um, and they talked to this individual who has a, a disease that calcifies her amygdala in the brain. I'm going to need you to say all those words again. Right. So, and I, I'm not a doctor, but mm, that's that's for the fans to decide. <laughs> so there's um, the amygdala is the part of the brain that's the fear receptor, and this disease uh, puts calcium deposits. I'm sure everybody's just yelling, yelling in their car right now. Calcium deposits on the amygdala, and it um, it made her fearless. Like she did not know racing heartbeat, no crazy anxiety associated with what we know of as fear. Mm-hmm. So much so that if she was encountered with a dangerous situation, she it did not alter her reaction. Right. And I thought about um, that, A, that would be crazy. That's nuts. Uh, B, I would, I would be okay with not being afraid of bugs. Just... Can I tell you? Can I tell you a very quick story? Always about bugs. Yesterday, I get home, mm-hmm. and my wife says, "Hey, dummy, there's a wasp in the house." Ooh. And I go, "Don't you worry, toots. I'll take care of this." <clears throat> None of this is true, but uh, she did tell me there's a wasp in the house, and so I went and I got some raid, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I walked. I found the I found the bug, and this was a huge bug. Okay. This is a mammoth bug okay uh, have you ever seen uh, starship troopers yes it's one of those bugs okay huge huge okay i take the raid <laughs> i pointed at it and then i whispered to it see you in hell bug <laughs> bang one shot nice yeah got it. nice anyway that's a, that's a tale of heroism. Go so on. you were fearless i was fearless You're about fearless and by fearless i mean i might have run away screaming once or twice when I discovered it, but go on. Well, and I guess so. We're we're getting to that point, um, but uh, you know, life. Um, the the host was talking about a life without fear, and without fear, trauma is not traumatizing, mm-hmm. which hmm. uh, was interesting. When um, makes sense if you don't feel fear, you're not traumatized by anything that a a normal amygdala person mm-hmm. would would be feeling. And um, it got me thinking about to to be fearless, which obviously led me to listen to Taylor Swift's album Fearless from a couple years ago. The podcast is canceled. <laughs> this is the last episode of the podcast. We're just taking like go on. We're going down Lombard go Street. Go on. Just bang, 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 bang. Uh, Lombard Street reference. Okay. <laughs> and I just. <laughs> I, I thought about all the times in my life that I succumbed to fear and I didn't do that thing, didn't face that challenge because, you know, hey, I'll probably just, you know, it won't work out anyway. I, I tell myself in certain situations that things won't work out to avoid the shame and 
and heartbreak of failure. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then the the podcast talk, talks to someone who talk who identifies um, rejection therapy, and they have a fear of rejection. Mm. And so to get over that rejection, they seek out experiences that lead to rejection to hmm. numb them to that. So it's like I like the idea of being like I'm going to apply for jobs that I am almost certainly not going to get. Right. Yeah. And he, but even like from a face to face point of view, he went up to someone in the parking lot of a grocery store and said, "Hey, can you give me a ride to a town thirty mm, minutes away?" Oh yeah. And the guy was like, "No, no, I it's can't, like, stranger." Right. Which is probably the appropriate answer. That is the appropriate answer. Um, but yeah, I know where I'm going all, no, all I'm, off the rails. I'm really interested in this. But yeah, the idea that, um, you know, fear is not going away, save for a degenerative disease that affects a minimal number of Americans. Right. Um, but, and I know Leah has a lot of good points about this. And, and fear, it's important to remember that fear is, is kind of a, um, it is a it's an, an inherent thing in humans because it's a like it's ultimately a safety thing. It's something that we evolved to have. Right. Exactly. That, like we evolved to have this because if we weren't if you were not afraid of a um, tiger who was about to run up and eat your face off, um, you'd just be like, oh, hey, cool. Look, a tiger. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, my face. I'd be faceless. You'd be faceless. And we don't want to lose that moneymaker. Well, thank so, you. That is like it's important to remember that like fearlessness does not necessarily mean that you have to put aside all fears. Right. But I do think that that especially as it relates to leadership, it has to be willing to take that leap. It has to be willing to that that at moments when you need to be fearless, you need to have that that ability to be like, nope, I'm going to put aside these things. And yeah, it may not it may not necessarily work out for me, but I'm I'm willing to live with the consequences. Well, and, be afraid of tigers. One and, thing. and on that note, I will give you something to think about. Hmm. That fear, think of an, an equation. Fear is mm-hmm. thinking and time. If you take one of those away, mm. then you can fight the fear. Boy, that's so true. So, how many times do you just sit in like, like how many times do you get faced with a situation, and if you have to make a snap decision, you just don't have time to to, to be to to fear it. But at the same time, if you have all the time in the world to think about it, all you're going to do is start dreading it. Oh yeah, one hundred and ten percent of my time. Yeah. That's wild. So that's something to think about. Good job, Josie. Thanks very much. Thanks. All right. Let's get to our big special guest. Leah Weintraub joins us next on the Rylecast. Stay with us. Oh, Josie. Oh, Greg. Uh, I was thinking maybe we could talk to another person uh, instead of just yammering on you and I uh, on this, the award-winning Rylocast. You, you, one day you do have to tell me what award we won. That is a fantastic idea, and I think I'm, I'm more of speaking the award into existence. Oh, okay. You put it in I, the universe. And you, you put it in the universe, and like every time somebody says the Rylocast, I say award-winning. Oh, I like it. Then that. everybody knows, oh, yeah, the award-winning. Nobody ever really looks back at the awards. Let's bring, back, yeah. let's bring in, rather, our award-winning guest. Ah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Leah Weintraub. Yay! Yay! This is so great. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. How are things? Uh, they're good. This is my dream come true. Love to talk. Love to talk about myself. Yeah, this is all the things nice. you, you... And Ryla, so pretty much... Like, one of those things both. is true, though. Yeah. 
Like, <laughs> which one? Well, I don't really know. That's um, okay, so we start all of these interviews the same way. We're going to ask you to tell us your Ryla story. So, Leah, tell us your Ryla story. Okay, um, so I was a camper in 2009. So the campers will officially be 10 years younger than me this year, which mm. is, feels real good. Um, but I still look the same age as them. So <laughs> <laughs> <We're doing great. laughs> um, I went to Plano Senior High School, and I knew nothing about Ryla. So there, I feel like there's a lot of people who have heard about it from a friend, or it's been hyped up to them. And I just, I think I was nominated by a teacher or a dean, um, and was into anything and every activity I could possibly get my hands on. Um, so I loved it. I drank the Kool-Aid of everything. So I applied. <laughs> I um, I got picked. Um, had like I remember my interview. I remember sitting there and um, ended up going to camp. And I was one of those people who like just followed the the camp the packing list exactly so I did exactly what it said on there and I did not bring any extra clothes oh no um, oh my so goodness. like talent show night nope not, not my my cabin had to dress me in the leftover clothes of everybody else so I was very very liberal. can I ask a, can I ask a very personal question were you the one who brought fishing equipment <laughs> no because fishing equipment is on the it's Ryla brochure <laughs> No, that was the one funny. thing you didn't bring? No. Okay, that's fine. I just <laughs> so maybe to make this sure. year. Yeah, yeah, make it happen. Year. Did you bring snacks, though? I did bring snacks. I think my mom went all out for that one. Good. Um, but yeah, and so in my cabin, um, like I remember making a best friend right off the bat, um, this girl named Callie, and she was amazing. And I was definitely, I am an extrovert, and I am love to talk, love to volunteer to go first, love to like be the center of attention. So... Uh, my leadership style has always been an outward-facing leadership style. Um, like, we'll run for office of everything I do or things like that. And so what my greatest learning from camp was, outside of all the different areas of the Dallas community that I had never heard of, was um, definitely like taking a back seat and the idea of servant leadership and that it wasn't about what I individually got out of something. It wasn't about my own like personal success. It was about the success of the team and that I would play whatever role I had to to accomplish that, even if it meant a less visible or a less vocal role, um, which I think was something I never really internalized until then. And it's something I, I constantly think about every day at work and all things I do of like, what role can I play? What can I do? Um, and that I don't always have to you know, be the loudest person in the room. Um, and so that was my camper year. It was dream camper year. Like, I just think I had the most perfect experience um, and had a great cabin. Uh, and then I came back as an AC um, the next year uh, and uh, came back the next three years on staff, I think. And then um, I missed camp for a few years. I lived uh, in London for a few years and wasn't able to make it back. And then I came back in 2017 as a counselor. So I missed all the fun staff years that I was going to get to get in college and got thrown right into the cabin. Um, and w I just remember the very first moment uh my first year back in the cabin being a counselor and watching my campers sit around um, and, like, have that moment where they're sitting in the circle for the first time they're getting to know each other someone makes a joke it breaks the ice they all laugh and like they're becoming friends mm -hmm. and i just remember being like oh my gosh like i ex like specifically remember this moment for me the girl who mm -hmm. said the funny thing laughing feeling like we're becoming friends and i just was like man like this is where i belong i'm back where the magic happens like 
I would do anything to give to these girls what was given to me. Um, and like I, because I, I, I'd missed camp for a few years, I was like, I will clean the toilets if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Greg, you know about. It. <laughs> We're having fun on the podcast. Forced <laughs> <Horse> laughter. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so uh, this will be my third year in a cabin, and I, I really do. I think about it all year long. I really think about the things I. Uh, didn't do well the previous year. So my first year, I think I was a little in my comfort zone and didn't push out of it as fully as I should have and really just smothered and embraced those girls with everything I had. Even as a, even as a counselor? Yeah, that first time. Like, you, you, hold, like, you have things you're nervous about or, sure. like, you're not totally sure what's the right way to kind of push them. Um, and so I would think about that all year long, and that was really the big thing I wanted to work on year two. Um, and so... Uh, it's it's you know it stays in the back of my mind all year long of like what do I want to do different this year like what am I so excited for like I had uh, the best cabin last year they just had such a fun time um, they just it was like a joyful environment like mm-hmm. that's how every day felt like I had the most fun at camp this last year as I'd had since I was a camper it was just uh-huh. like pure summer camp fun and it really reinforced for me that like this is a tough week for those campers and they. <laughs> learn so much and push through so much but it doesn't have to the environment around them doesn't have to be um like adversity for you to Mm -hmm. grow that we can also grow in in an environment that feels safe and happy and joyful um and that was just like i think just so wonderful um they just like it it was a it was a cabin of love really good one it's a lot to unpack yeah no 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 no. in a good way like when we ask these people, these people, our guests, these what, people, these people uh, this award winning podcast, for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> what's your Ryla story? It's very, um, I, feel, I feel like it's very uh, concise and just. Oh, that's not a, a word that's used to describe me often. <laughs> but just like, yeah, I went to camp, I came back to camp, and now I'm here. And you have this, like, like a spine running through starting at your camp experience to now yeah um so speaking of now Mm -hmm. what do you do yeah so i have worked at capital one for the last five years half a decade now um and i there have uh was an analyst for a long time um and worked in our credit card business um i worked on uh underwriting competitive intelligence um digital marketing a bunch of different things like that and then for the last two and a half years, I ran our website. So I led like a UX UI design team, um, did A-B testing, and then I built machine learning models for the site. Um, so it's the thing called like optimization and uh, improving your acquisitions business, things like that, things that everyone loves. I just want to say, as a Capital One cardholder, oh, it's an excellent website. Which card? Uh, venture. Oh, good. Good card. Venture card. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. I got a venture card. <laughs> yes. Good. All right. That, that always makes me feel happy. It's like when, when, we, ha- when we had Shelby in here uh, earlier, we, of course, had a bunch of questions about being a flight attendant. Mine was like, can I like have the whole can of, uh, of ginger <laughs> I, ale? I always ask for it. Yeah. See, that's a power move. I gotta you got to be fearless. Yeah. So it's very, it's very nice to hear that, uh, uh, that, that I have chosen a good credit card from somebody who would know better. Yeah. Um, and, well, and so, and so you. I'll mentioned- tell you what I do now. Oh yeah. Sorry. No, uh, no. Problem. I just started a new job in January. Yes. A chief of staff now at Capital One, so I work for an executive now, and so that's my new job. Oh Ooh. wow, chief of staff. Wow, that sounds goodness. so official. That, it does sound official. I know, right? So then, how Not would really. you? How would you <laughs> say that the stuff that you learned at camp, the 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 
the Ryla message. How do you feel like you use that in your everyday life as a human, as an adult, and as a, a professional? I think about Ryla almost every day at work um and it shows up primarily in two ways as you right like so much of work and being an adult is your relationships with people in your office and kind of how you all get along we are a company that has meetings most of the day so everything is done in meetings and i i constantly think that if every person in my company had gone to ryla at a 17 the leadership skills you learn and just the sense of how to accomplish something as a group um would take like every business so far. It's why I always think like I wish every kid got to do this because you know you have so much of the thing that happens at work of like this person wants the credit for it and this person wants everyone to know it's their idea and they want to be like the big boss in the meeting and there's just I just feel like we waste so much time on kind of egos and all this other stuff and it's kind of like if we just everybody kind of had that training and let one person be the chief and everyone and play the role they needed to play. Um, I think things would happen a lot said, faster. Said the chief of staff. <laughs> well, if everyone would just listen to me, chief of staff, Leah. No, well, see, I, it's a big, it's an interesting job because it's actually a backseat and it's really mm. taught me how much I like to play in the backseat and behind the scenes. Um, mm. uh, there's like, you kind of don't have the pressure on you, but you mm-hmm. you get to do so much, and you get to do it in service of somebody else, um, whose gratitude like means a lot to me. But uh, like when I know that I've done something to make her be prepared or to make her life or job easier, it feeds like my motivation and my need to like be doing and serving others, um, be doing good for others. Um, and the other big one is just the idea of servant leadership like I notice it now is that the people I love the most at work are the people who are reliable and dependable um, who will who their ego comes last and getting the job done comes first like I don't really it may not be my job description but I will always clean up the meeting room before the next one if we have an ideation session and there's a bunch of supplies like I'll pick it up I'll put it away like I'm not above that like it's and I, I love the people like that who are just so internally motivated to do whatever they need to in service of, like, the greater good and the goal. Uh, and so I've the older I get, the more I notice how rare it is, which is kind of sad. But it's just, like, the most mm-hmm. valuable little gem in the world. And, like, once I find those people, I'm like, you're one of my people. <laughs> I love you. So. so Chief Leah, if I may. Oh, love it. Yeah, <clears throat> let's. Let's first bring that on. So we've we've come to the part of the podcast where if you um, are familiar with how this works, uh, we invite our guests to plug something, whether it's a TV show, TV channel, uh, credit card to put in their wallet if they have a question about what is – like sometimes I don't know the contents of my wallet. Yes. And so so sometimes there's an answer that I haven't been told. Right. Maybe by – I don't know. A guy from Pulp Fiction. Right. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just spitballing yeah. here. So, Do you know Samuel L. Jackson is 70 years old? There is no way that's what? true. And he was a pal bear at uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s funeral. He's incredible. That man has seen and done it all. I feel like this is... Okay. This the, is the, okay. Yeah. This is the plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, we we do want to open the floor for you to plug something if you'd uh, if you'd be so inclined. Um, well, sure. I mean, Capital One cards, great products. <laughs> but no, 
You don't have to yeah. plug. I I love working for a, a founder-led, mission-oriented company. I think that's really important. But I think financial education is super important. It's one of the things I'm most passionate about. Um, and serving underserved, uh, like communities that have really hard access to credit or whatever they need for their finances. Um, there's so many basics that, like, I think knowing about credit should be a fundamental pillar of adulthood. The way, like, knowing you should go to college or you're going to get married one day or things like that. Um, so, uh, if you have questions about your finances, just let me know. I am really passionate about teaching people about them. I don't. I did not expect to plug can, this. Can I? Can I ask you? Okay, this is this. I'm genuinely curious. Oh, do you carry? Do you carry cash? Well, my dad gave me a twenty this morning. So oh, that's the uh, first okay. cash <laughs> that I have had in at least a year. Okay, so okay. you you are almost entirely cashless. Yeah, I mean, unless I like. It used to be for like markets or like a food truck or something, but now they all yeah they all take the the swipe the mm-hmm. the square or whatever. Yeah. All right. Last thing, we asked you to pick a word. Yes. And the word you chose was fearless. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain. Yes. So as you saw, I had a hard time picking just one word. <laughs> yeah, um, you sent me like seven. Yes. Well, and you're like, I like all these. Can I do all these? Like that's not how this podcast works. <laughs> if you combine them all into one word. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so I had to narrow it down. But I ended up picking fearless because I think a lot of leadership and a lot of self-confidence comes down to being fearless. Um, and it's something that I have thought a lot about myself is that I don't let fear hold me back from like like any opportunity I want in front of me or a place I want to travel to or a job I want or something I want to do. Like it's never been my nature um, to kind of let that hold me back. And I see it, especially at camp in so many of the girls in my cabin, just like a fear or an insecurity or something that it is that keeps them or keeps them from just like being their best self or being less self-conscious. And it's, we don't talk about it that much at camp, but I think like it's this idea that it is inherent for some people, and that is so lucky and awesome. But like, I like to teach it to my campers of like, this is a safe place for you to try out being mm-hmm. fearless. Like, dance really goofy, sing really loud, cheer really excessively. Like, no one here is looking at you like and going to make fun of you. Like, this is a place like that that is cool, and you will find that like. Being that fearless and being your full self in your full life and, like, as an adult is just going to serve you so much better. And so I'm really into it. Um, I try to be as fearless as I can, uh, both, like, do, like I've jumped out of a plane before. I don't. I probably wouldn't do it again, but... Okay. Yeah, I was going to... You know, I got, I got through it. You're but, like, check. Yeah. Um, but, and, but also just things like moving abroad or, like, mm-hmm. moving really far away, like... People will say, like, oh, weren't you scared to do that? And it didn't even cross my mind. And I just think it has made life bigger for me. And so um, my my hope is that it helps people just break out of something that's holding them back. Well, Leah... This has been wonderful. Thank you for being our guest on the on the award winning yeah. Riley Cast. Yes, we thanks really for making it. my dream come true. That's not true. Come I've on. never uh, I've never been on podcasts, and <gasps> I love to talk. So dream. Well, true. guess what? Everyone in Riley has been trying to muscle me out of this podcast anyway. So mm-hmm. we're looking for a host. I mean, oh, so maybe I am moving back here. Hey, soon. you've been featured not only like. On a podcast, you're the feature. Yeah, I mean, this guest. episode's going to be named after you. Oh, yeah. Okay. So things are right. things are because I'm a chief. We're on, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Leah Weintraub. Yay!
And our thanks once again to our very special guest, Leah Weintraub, joining us here on the Rylacast. This is, I mean, I got to tell you, I think that the ratings for this podcast are going to go up because, like, if we advertise this right and we just say, hey, we got Leah, mm-hmm. we got Leah, then I think things are going to go through the roof. Coast to coast. Yeah, it's great. So we appreciate her time uh, sitting with us. And can you believe that she was at camp? No. Well, yes. Yes. But the things she did at camp the, were just... The sleeping? Unbelievable. And the the walking? The leading? Yeah. I really, really hope that like everything goes really normally for her now because otherwise people are going to be like, oh my gosh, you didn't hear? She got, she got taken away in a hot air balloon. It's like, like oh my which, gosh. Which would be unbelievable. That would be quite literally unbelievable. <laughs> anyway, I appreciate Leah Weintraub for her time. And now it's my responsibility to give you something to leave you with. Okay, so fearlessness. Uh, I'm going to we're in the we're in the trust tree right with the mm-hmm. nest we're in the, the the trust zone it's just us all right I think this is a fear that a lot of people have that nobody really wants to admit that they have okay are you familiar with the idea of imposter syndrome oh uh, I guess for the sake of podcast no Greg yes I'm not okay so imposter <laughs> syndrome is and I think syndrome, like, I don't know, I think syndrome's too strong a word, mm-hmm. but what it is, is the idea that you believe that deep down in your heart of hearts that you're a fraud. Yes. And that people are going to find out about it. That, like, you're not actually, like, everyone's just, or the idea that, like, everyone's just being nice to you and that you're not actually, like, they don't actually like you. Things oh, like that. okay. There's a few different, there's a few different kind of elements to that. But that is something. That I think from a leadership perspective can be straight up crippling. Yes. Okay. I know that like in 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 my line of work, that was something I had to get over quickly mm-hmm. because the idea that like, oh my gosh, I don't actually know what I'm doing, especially like early on in, in, a, in a position like that, that you don't actually know what you're doing. <laughs> And that people are going to find out and be like, hey, I don't think Tepper actually knows what he's doing. For example, I don't know, hosting a podcast about an organization that, you, uh, that you, uh, you volunteer with. Right. That is – I think that can be straight up crippling for people. But there's no real way – and I think that there's a lot of people who think like this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who think like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get found out. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I don't actually know what I'm doing. First of all – Somebody told me this once that nobody actually knows what they're doing, that we're all just kind of faking it, <laughs> yeah. through, faking our way through life. That was honestly comforting to me for a mm-hmm. long time. But the other thing to me is that that kind of goes back to the idea of having having confidence in yourself and having having an ability to understand who you are, what you're good at. But I think most importantly is I feel like one of the things that helped me kind of get over that portion – I still – struggle with it sometimes but one of the things that happen with it is is there's a certain level of humility that you have to be willing to ask questions say i don't know mm-hmm. what this is about um and because i i do think that especially in positions of leadership where like we think oh i'm expected to know everything you know what i mean right and so i've got to go out there and and you know fake it or whatever things like that i think that having that kind of humility will help you get over that and I think that's something that, like, I realized that asking questions and, and other and relying on other people 
um, just because you know relying on other people does not make you any less of a leader. If anything, it makes you more of a leader because you're trying to, to gather information from a greater number of people. But the imposter syndrome thing is something that I like. I read about that like two years ago, like popped across my Twitter, and I go, "Oh my god, <laughs> that's it! That's the one! That's that's what that's that feeling in my guts." Yep. Um, I don't know. So if you are struggling with imposter syndrome and you think that you're a fraud, that people are going to find out about it, um, you can take over this podcast because, like, I mean, write us, tweet us. I don't know what I'm doing. Email us. You know. Well, and on that note. Um to cut you off, uh, please do. You know when when someone says, "I don't think Greg knows what what he's doing," and then Which you would respond very- something like, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing." Everybody's like, "Ha ha, Greg's so funny." Oh, that's the thing. That like people who think that I'm funny, 100 percent defense mechanism. Well, I I think Greg's funny. Oh, right. Do you know why? Defense mechanism, shield. <laughs> Because you don't want to make fun of the funny guy, right? You know that's right. I mean? Anyway, that's something. Imposter syndrome. Read up on it. That is going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Please tell a friend. Rate and subscribe this. And please tell a friend. And here with an antiquated way of telling people how to subscribe to this podcast is Josie. Yes, uh, writing in chalk while you're trick-or-treating in a neighborhood three neighborhoods away from your own. Oh, that's where they have the big candy bars, full size. Oh, yeah, king okay. size. Why are we doing this in July? Or August, it'll come August. out August. Yeah. But then we're still too much. You anyway, prep. thanks to Leah Weintraub for being our very special guest. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time on the Rallycast. <laughs>